the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Joining me now, Elvis Levan, Bay Area Entrepreneurial um, Coffee Business, a company called Artiste Coffee in Berkeley, California. How are you, Elvis? I'm doing well, Rob. How about yourself? Good. Tell us a little bit about your your company that you're here to uh, kind of promote a little bit. Sure, sure. So Artiste Coffee is uh, one year old as of December. Um we do something a little bit different. You go into most coffee shops, you can get a drink to go, but what we really focus on is roasting coffee in store. So a lot of people don't know coffee is a fruit. We take them through that and roast them the freshest pound of coffee live while they wait. I didn't know coffee was a fruit. They, they We're all learning something this morning. Yeah, it's not that... I look at it like raspberry and blueberries as a fruit, but coffee bean would seem like it would break my teeth. Yeah, it would. I mean, if you chewed on it, yeah. So the bean itself is the, the seed of the cherry, the coffee cherry. Okay, well put, because I once uh, told a story about drinking lemur butt coffee, where these <laughs> lemur monkeys would eat the cherry, and they'd poop out the the, uh, the coffee bean, and incredibly rare, only 100 gallons a year, and it was like 60 bucks for a cup of coffee, but I thought it was totally worth it. Am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. It's a really unique experience. Um, I've had that coffee a couple times. I can't say I've ever tasted anything like it in the entire world. So if anyone's curious, I'd just say go for it. Okay, good. Now, you start a coffee company, and it's fresh roasted. That's that's obviously going to sell really, really well in the Bay Area. Um, we love our coffee. We hate Starbucks. We have you know kind of that promotional idea. We hate Microsoft. We hate the big evil empires. Um, mm-hmm. What was your background to, to get into this business? Sure. Um, it was kind of like a long path, you know. Uh, it started out, um, I was actually working in e-commerce. I was selling motorcycle parts and accessories online, um, and I really discovered that business could be creative and that you could try things, and, you know, when you were doing well, you could get, like, really great instant results. And so that led me back to school, um, where I got a MBA, Master's in Business Administration, and I met a guy who had an idea about this coffee company that he wanted to start. Um, and it was a really exciting idea because I'm a huge coffee fan myself, and so um, when he asked me if I wanted to be a part of that project, I was really happy to jump on board. So you and a buddy come up with an idea. Let's say you're in his apartment. How do you take that next step? Do you make a contract relationship with them on a napkin? Do you start writing up a business plan? What's that next step from great idea to business? 
sure. Um, you know, there are a lot of really small steps, and I think that's the thing. Um, I know a lot of people really want to start their own business, and I definitely recommend it. It's really exciting. Um, I think kind of the next step after, oh, I have this really great idea, um, you don't need to jump into contracts or anything right away because you want to figure out, you know, whether your idea is going to be something that's really going to resonate with people. So I would say, you know, for anybody who has an idea about a business they want, if that's like a baked good that they think would sell really well in a grocery store, I would say the next step after having that really great idea is going out and telling everybody you know about it to see if it really resonates with them. Okay. And did you do taste test? Because, like, honestly, my palate on coffee is way different than yours. I'm not Folgers, but I don't think I'd recognize the difference between – and I have friends that are like, ooh, pizza is so much better than Starbucks. Ooh, this is so much better. Would I notice the difference between Artiste coffee and, you know, uh, like a Starbucks? Yeah, totally. Um, people do every day. And, you know, your question about taste tests, yeah, we did a ton. Um, we got a really small, like, hobby roaster, and we started roasting coffee. We were roasting coffee for months before, you know, we even had a space for the shop. So, you know, it definitely pays off to get going and to start focusing on kind of what your thing is going to be. And for us, that flavor was really important. And there's nothing like freshness when it comes to things. A lot of people now, you know, they want to know everything about the food they eat, the produce they buy. They want to know if it's organic. They want to know where it's from. And they want it fresh. And so uh, we're, we're really just trying to do that for coffee. You've got one store right now in Berkeley. How's it doing? It's doing really well. Um, so uh, we just had our first year. Um, obviously, we found a really great fit for the market. Um, so we're about 40% above where we thought we would be a year ago. Profitable? Profitable, yeah. Profitable, um, covering expenses from day one. Okay. How about living wages? Have you run into that argument yet with the whole California, Northern California? Biggest totally. cost of business to you has to be labor, I would imagine. Oh, it is. Um, and I think any business owner would probably tell you that. Um, a lot of them view it as a big expense, but also it's an investment because your business runs on your people. Um, so where we are in Berkeley, it has one of the higher minimum wages in the state. Okay. Uh, I think it just went up to 11.50, and it'll be going up to 12. I think later this year. Um, but we were already above that in terms of the change, um, because sort of our philosophy when starting out was, you know, if we offer a wage where people can afford to get to work, you know, when they get there, they're going to be, you know, much happier. And they'll be able to focus, you know, on other things. They won't be worried about, you know, how they're going to get home or, you know, whether or not they'll make rent at the end of the month. Nine out of ten restaurants fail in the first year. And then the next three years after that, nine out of ten fail again. It's very, very difficult to stay in business. And yet you've started with a profitable model year one. Congratulations on that. Thank you. When looking to expansion, is it easy because you've got a profitable business model or are you still finding to get money either a loan or a venture capitalist? Are you finding that expansion cost difficult or is it easier to navigate? Sure, sure. Um, I mean, everything's challenging. Uh, going from one unit to two units, it's like running a totally different business. So we've really been trying to focus on uh, making sure that we're paying attention to the right thing so making sure that, you know, our first unit continues to operate profitably while going after the second unit. Um, and that's something, I think, to go back to your earlier question about, you know, what should people think about when starting a business is when you're planning is just to make sure that you're setting yourself up for success. 
you know, so watching things like your labor costs. And then that'll also give you a really good idea of how much you need to raise to really cover those expenses. Um, because there's kind of a saying in business, it's uh, going to take twice as long and cost twice as much for anything you do. Now, you're operating in two of the more expensive areas in the country, Berkeley, and you're expanding into three stores with Artis Coffee into San Francisco. What's your time frame of opening into San Francisco? Sure. Um, so the time frame of opening into San Francisco, um, we're only committed uh, to a time frame for one location. We want to take one at a time. We want to make sure that we do each one right. So that first one we're looking to open in late March, early April. And where's the location? Yeah, that's in Hayes Valley on Octavia Street. Okay. Um, really great neighborhood. Um, lots of food concepts are going in there. Uh, so it's just a really great place if you want to spend an evening out. you got the SF Jazz Center there. Now, the the negative on this potentially is that, you know, in the last, a lot of blue-collar people kind of pushed out and being replaced with young millionaires from Google and Facebook. But we've also seen that with the restaurants, where the rents are being raised to the point that, you know, some great old-school things like Carnelian Room, they're gone. Um, how are you managing that rent cost or that potential space cost? Because it has to be astronomical. It is astronomical. Um, in San Francisco, you're going to pay more for real estate than basically anywhere in the country outside of New York. And for us, you know, we have to think about that in terms of our business model. Okay. Uh, rent is your biggest expense after labor here in the Bay Area, so it's really significant. For us, we're managing that by looking at different size locations, so a smaller location. Um, even though a smaller location is going to cost more to rent in San Francisco than anywhere else, by lowering that monthly expense, you can help better set yourself up for success. Speaking with Elvis Liban. He's the runs and founder of Artiste Coffee in Berkeley. A couple more coming into San Francisco in the next couple years. It may take a little bit more than a while, but he's going to get there. Tell us a little bit about the current coffee market. Like We hear about funguses and we hear about Brazil. and Educate us as much as you can. Sure. So I was down in Brazil uh, last year um, during the period where they're about to go into the harvest and They've had an incredible drought just like we have in California, and that really affects coffee production. So Brazil's largest coffee producer in the world is producing less coffee this year than they had in many previous years, which is definitely affecting the market. We found that uh, price increases in terms of coffee have gone up 25% just in the last year. That changes day-to-day, though, uh, depending on the market. So, can you explain why our parents were so into Folgers, and like we are so much more refined than our parental generation? It has to do with access, yeah. partly. Nobody ever wants like a bad product, but we're conditioned to expect whatever we're told, you know, to a degree, is what we're supposed to be drinking. So that Folgers, Maxwell House, that's really what we call the first wave of coffee. That's you know, coffee becomes an American staple because, you know, we threw all the tea in the harbor in Boston. And, you know, it's patriotic a little bit, and also it's just comforting, you know. You build a habit. You say, I want my coffee in the morning, and if it doesn't taste like Folgers, then you wonder what you're drinking, uh, some people. Real quick, in 10 seconds or less, what's the third wave of coffee coming? The third wave of coffee is what we have now, which is a focus on gourmet and treating coffee more as an artisanal product like wine rather than a commodity. You rock. Good luck to you. It's Elvis Lieban, founder of Artiste Coffee in Berkeley. You should check it out. The smells are 
unbelievable fresh roasted in the store coffee. And again, it is kind of like wine now. Um, and I totally agree with it. And like the whole lemur butt coffee thing, not a joke. There's some high end coffee that will change the way you think of coffee. Again, it's Elvis Liban with Artiste Coffee in Berkeley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 